Hello, and welcome to the Book Bat Podcast, where we help you navigate and explore the world of Christian fantasy books. I am your co-host, Carlissa J. And I'm the other co-host, not sure who a co-host is, <laughs> Jason. Yeah, my tongue stopped working there. So, today we are talking about who are your favorite fantasy characters. And maybe as a sub-thought, do you have a type? <laughs> we actually have spent a bit of time talking about this before we started recording because we're finding it's a difficult question to answer but we will do our best no there's a lot of we different... spent a lot of time because you muddled the question I didn't... it was a clear question to is me it... and then you muddled it <laughs> is it a clear question i thought it was and then you went in there and stuck your hand in it and muddled it up well we can start off with our clear favorites fantasy characters saying do we have a i don't know if i have a type but maybe we'll find out that i have a type as we list some you of totally my favorite do. fantasy characters there'll be those guys with the total chiseled figures no <laughs> <laughs> very much not are you sure I- i'm sure who's to say that one of your favorite characters isn't chiseled i think most of these are fe- female characters that i have here they could be chiseled. They could be. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think so. <sighs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> some characters that came to my mind when I thought who are some of my favorite fantasy characters. Millian, I think that's how you pronounce her name, from The Silmarillion. Okay. I'm surprised to find, yeah, I really enjoyed character in The Silmarillion who is not in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. So Melian is basically... Okay, he has a fancy, Tolkien has a fancy word for it, but it basically means archangel or goddess or something like that. And she chose to marry an elf and help him rule an elven kingdom. She is a very wise character who is always bringing wisdom into discussions and very powerful character, obviously, you know, basically being a goddess uh, who helps protect the kingdom with her power. And I'm just reading her. I just found her very inspirational. Like, I would like to be that wise voice who could parse through the complexities of a situation and just voice out wisdom. Okay. I think she would be one example of, there's a lot of complaints that the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit don't have good female characters. I've heard lots of people say that, but it's like, I think those people probably just need to read the Silmarillion because there's lots of really interesting female characters in the Silmarillion. Well, I read more than a few in the Children of Hurin, I remember. And the blunt honesty of it is, is that I kind of wonder if when people say strong female characters or whatever, if they have a certain thing in mind, Mm. and one of which is always hammering home the fact that, hey, this is a woman, which really Tolkien, much like Lewis, actually, don't really tend to hammer home that fact Mm -hmm. a lot of occasions unless they're deriding something i'm trying to think where i read this i think it was rolf wood in uh the gospel according to tolkien where he mentions tolkien made his all his characters whether male or female have the same flaws inherent to just being human therefore pride a lot of pride a lot of pride (laughs) (laughs) what that's an overarching thing of tolkien's stuff pride Mm -hmm. you want to know why something is screwed up Probably because someone somewhere along the line was being proud. (laughs) Boom. Another favorite character of mine, I found him really entertaining, was Mr. Raven 
in George McDonald's Lilith. He is this quirky it's like he's so wise and understands so much that when he tries to talk to the main character it comes out as just a bunch of riddles and like what on earth are you talking about but it's just because he's he has a better grasp of what's going on than Mr. Vane the protagonist does Hmm. so it seems like riddles but he's actually just too smart for the room (laughs) too smart for the room He's actually trying to be helpful. It's just he's grasped so much more than what Mr. Vane is able to grasp at the time that it just comes off as what on earth are you talking about? But it's so much fun to read his lines because it seems so random and out there a lot of the time. Very fun, quirky character. And other characters from Lilith that I really liked were Mara, who is, I want to say, Lady of Sorrows would be. She's the personification of sorrow. But the type of sorrow that leads to wisdom and growth. He's a character that I really enjoyed reading. And then he says at the end of the book, you know, after he's left this uh, magical world where he had his adventure, that Mara is with him still, just in the sense that, yeah, he's still being taught by sorrow. It's kind of what I got from that. And then so Mara has a sort of companion animal who helps her in some of her missions called the White Leopardess. And she is a white leopard. Oh, okay. But she's... She's a very sweet leopard, and it's really sad when she dies. Spoilers! (laughs) Everybody dies. Spoiler. It's kind of the whole theme of the book. Well, I was thinking about reading it, but I guess not now. Everybody dies, but everybody comes back to life. So Okay, see, now you just ruined it for me. (laughs) That's the point of the book. Yeah, but I didn't know that, and I was thinking about reading it, but now I won't because you just ruined it. Good job. But that's the point of the book you can still read it no i can't you yes, ruined you can. it you ruined the surprise <laughs> but it's not a surprise because like from the beginning mr vane is being told that he needs to go to sleep aka die you are aware that we're getting off topic okay, right sorry we're getting off topic so okay i i confess i like my characters in tales of the diversity some of them were with me for at least a decade before i started writing them down so they were a big thing on my mind like uh katia or Tercera, or Seberus. Those are some of the older characters from lots of previous imaginings. Wait. Katia and Seberus, I had their story figured out a long time ago and playing around with their characters long before I actually wrote down Tales of the Diversity. Um, and Tercera has been through more changes in her story. She was part of a different story. I was always fond of her. Uh, she's the Makjoa. Who, right, 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 right. Yeah. I thought so, but I couldn't She doesn't come in until... The third book. The third book, yeah. They were more recent characters, but I still really liked what I did with Jacody Jer. It's just called Jer most of the time. Fair enough. And Zan. I thought he turned out really well. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that you would rank him as one of your favorites. Why? You coddled Ian like crazy. <laughs> Yeah, this is a discussion Jason and I had after I released the first book, The Quest. Really? It was after that book was released. Didn't I say this during? Or, okay, during? The writing. Maybe it was during the writing. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was during the editing process I brought this up. (laughs) Yeah, because then in the loss that's addressed, we decided to add some scenes for dealing with Jason's problems with Ian. Hey, 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 I think it was a fair note that I made. And you totally didn't pick up on it at all. 
I was kind yeah. of surprised. It was just like, dude, you realize that this guy's gotten to do literally every single thing he wants to do. Nobody has ever once told him no. You try to go, oh, Zan's the one from the House of Privilege. Well, at least he's had somebody tell him no at some point in his life. <laughs> Ian, all we ever see is, yes, Ian, you can do this. You can do that. You can set our house on fire. <laughs> no. What is that? <laughs> I'm making a point. <laughs> anyway, yes, I like my characters. But then we get into kind of the gray area of how do you define a favorite character? Is it somebody who you always like them as a character? Or sometimes they're complex and not always likable, but you think they're a very good character and well done? Uh, because then I want to add in Aurule from C.S. Lewis's Till We Have Faces, who is a very well done character. She's not always likable, but she's not supposed to be because she's supposed to be well, complex. Well, favorite doesn't mean likable, yeah. in all fairness. Maybe. I was wondering if maybe it does mean likable. <laughs> uh, no. Favorite just means that for whatever reason, it's a character that one, stands out to you. Mm-hmm. And two, that you, I don't know if likes quite the right word, but that's the best one I can come up with. It's a character that stands out to you. Maybe who's impacted you? I don't know. Or maybe someone who will influence how you write or imagine other characters in the future. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult one. Yeah. That was, that, uh, I'm still irked from something. An old Facebook. What were those things? Those questionnaires that you used to be, mm-hmm. that you could do on Facebook all the time. Yeah, the I remember. I remember I asked a question. I don't mm-hmm. know if I did as a poll. I think I just asked a question. You know, who's your favorite superhero character? And... Someone, I'm not going to mention his name. I still remember who it is. But this guy goes, does the Joker count? And I'm like, I said hero, not villain. And second, I'm 95% certain that the Joker he was referring to was from the Dark Knight movie. And I'm like, that Joker is pathetic. I know everybody rants and raves about this guy being the best thing ever. But I'm just like, that is the worst version of the Joker I've seen in my life. That also raises a question, though, of can villains be favorite characters in the sense that they impacted you or they made you think about something or well, if you gave want... you a different perspective on the world or helped really embody something that, I don't know, helps you process the world better? If you're going to go with that one, then I would have to give a mention to uh, Syndrome from The Incredibles. In what way? Well, in part, are from the fact that his personality still comes through no matter what he's doing. That's one thing that a lot of writers tend to forget is that a character has a personality. Sometimes they're going to do things that don't always make sense. I was right to idolize you. I mean, like, Mr. Incredible hiding behind the bones of another super? Oh, man, I'm so geeking out about that. <laughs> he was still always a fanboy. Yeah, he was still always a fanboy, even though he went psychotic. <laughs> And two, his impact on the main character of Mr. Incredible was more incidental than on purpose. What do you mean? Okay, sometimes with that whole, um, the villain causes the hero to grow or whatever, at least to me, sometimes that feels like the villain has to do something that's out of character in order for the hero to have the chance to do that. Whereas I never got the impression that's syndrome did something out of character just for the sake of bob parr being able to have a growing moment or whatever thinking of villains who have left an impact on how i think about things in a positive way so maybe they're maybe that makes them a good character pitch black from 
Rise of the Guardians. The movies or the books? I, I always imagine him as kind of a combination because certainly for his backstory, the books were way more thoughtful and interesting. The movie tried to cram Whereas in way the movie, too much. The movie really oversimplified things. Yeah. Well, they kind of had to. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been a G-rated movie <laughs> if they <laughs> made him uh, the way he was in the books. But so. that would have made him better. <laughs> um, but when I think about... What? Vader? Fear... Is it, Vader would have been impactful if he was a G-rated villain, okay? <laughs> and we all remember Darth Vader. So, just saying. When I think about how fear speaks to us and stuff and how it can be kind of seductive, the way that they portray him in the movie is he is very smooth and, in a sense, inviting and I, I, I always enjoyed more of a the, Satan character, really. I always enjoyed the kind of irony of he'll often use figures of speech that are about not being afraid. Like, um, oh, what are some examples? In the movie? Yeah. In the movie, it's like a lot of the lines he says are like, but fear not or things like that. But it's like an irony for him because he is the embodiment of fear mm-hmm. and he's there to bring fear, but kind of using figures of speech about not being afraid is kind of a i want to say kind of a cruel irony or tease mm. i don't know but just the way fear can be often very seductive and it feels like it's the direction we should go even when it's not it makes me think so i would say he's a favorite fantasy character in that sense that he's impacted how i think and imagine things but that would have more to do with the book version i'd argue than the movie version it is I feel like it's a blend, though, because I still think of Jude Law's performance. Yeah, but, but... definitely for his backstory and everything like that. Yes, the books by William Joyce. Okay, so you stole the one I had written down, which was Zan. And then one thing I noticed when I came up with this question and I struggled with is uh, a lot of mine are legacy characters that have had a bunch of different versions of the character in print or TV shows or movies or whatever one that i wrote down was sonic the hedgehog and i'm kind of like hold on a minute how many different versions of their character have there been you know between the video games tv shows movies comic books there's a lot of different iterations of that character like i'd say my favorite version is the idw comic version a lot of other people would probably say the movie version, probably because that's the only one they really know, which is not a good version if you ask me. But yeah, no, I actually had a couple of questions that came to my mind when thinking through this question of favorite fantasy characters. And FYI, I know your type. What is my type? The wise guy. The wise guy. I do like wise characters. Yes, you do. And also, I do like a lot of my own characters, which are in an as-of-yet-unpublished story, so I will not mention them for those reasons. No other reason. (laughs) Anyway, one question, and maybe this is a little vague, is can characters be separated from the stories they're in? I don't think that's vague. I think that's... Well, and that's something that, you know, with legacy characters, if they've been around enough, they get taken out of the original context of what they were created in, whether due to changing time period, different morals for cultural norms, whatever. That happens a lot. I would say another way of saying it is, are characters in part the role they play Mm. in the story? Yeah. Rather than 
distinct from the story. Yeah. Uh, another one is, can there be a great character in a bad story? Or put another way, can you find a character that you really like in a story you frankly hate? I was finding when I was trying to think of my list of favorite fantasy characters that the opposite way around was coming to me. I was thinking through all my favorite fantasy stories, movies and books and stuff. And a lot of times it was like, I can't pick out and say that I really love any of the characters in them. Uh, like I thought of Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stitch is fun in the context of that story. But really, if he were like it, the same personality in a different, completely different story that Especially is Especially without thoughtful. Lilo. Yes. He could be really annoying. <laughs> oh, totally. Because where would he be without Lilo's influence telling him that Elvis Presley was a model citizen? <laughs> but even just like the whole point of the Lilo and Stitch story, that's a Disney movie for those who don't know, is a story about family and them Belonging. interacting with each yeah. other. So it's like none of the characters actually stand out to me, but together they make a beautiful whole. Yeah, and that was one thing um, I've mentioned on this podcast before. I really love Brian Jake's Redwall series and all 22 books involved. But when I was thinking through it, it's kind of like, can I really pick any of those characters as standout favorite characters? And it's like, maybe I could, but not really. To me... It's like they were all pretty good and they all kind of created this world that all too often I just cr tend to create my own character and plop myself in the middle of the story, pretend or wonder how the things would change if I you know, could insert my character into the story. So I guess maybe, I mean, The Silmarillion isn't a bad story. So that's J.R.R. Tolkien's book that I mentioned. I really like Millian. She isn't there all the time. The Silmarillion is a long, at times, kind of boring book. <laughs> Most people would say that about the Lord of the Rings, so don't worry. That would worry. be an example okay. of, I may not like all of the Silmarillion all the time, but there are parts that are really good, and I really like which, Melian's parts. Which, to be fair, most people would say that about a book. I, If anyone tells you they like every single part of especially a novel, odds are they're not telling the truth because there's some part that they either glossed over or aren't actually, exactly the big fan of. I found rereading two of George MacDonald's classics, Fantasties and Lilith. Rereading Fantasties, there were parts that were definitely not all that good and other parts that were very good. Rereading Lilith, I was actually surprised as like the whole way through. I don't think there's any part of Lilith that I don't like. Yeah. Isn't Lilith a lot shorter than the Silmarillion or Lord of the Rings? Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. Maybe. Most things are a lot shorter than the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um, so I noticed here the last character you got mm. listed is, that's Weiss, right? Yes. So I was uh, thinking, yes. that was another one I was thinking about. Was Sisters, like, friends, Weiss. <laughs> Was the <laughs> Ruby series from Booster Teeth. <laughs> that would be an example of one where I think we watch it for the characters more than for the story. But can Especially I actually... Especially now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> can I actually pinpoint a lot of characters that I would say are favorite fantasy characters? I do really enjoy Weiss's character. Yes, that is a favorite. Um, and at least for the first 
five or six seasons, Blake was a favorite of mine. Hardcore mm-hmm. Blake fan for the first six seasons. Then uh, we don't talk about what they did with their character after that. And I feel Jerks. like I need to watch the last season again, which was volume nine. <sighs> that was a good one. It was um, a tough one, but I liked it. Part of me wanted to say I really liked the tree character, the woman. But you got to remember tree, that but... season more than this past season, more mm-hmm. than anything, has been focused on Ruby primarily. Yeah, and I did enjoy because Weiss seeing did Ruby develop. Re- yeah, it was more about Ruby. Whereas in previous seasons, you would see more of a focus on whether it was Yang, Blake, or Weiss. So this was really a chance for, you know, Ruby to get some spotlight. Aside from just being the token leader Mm -hmm. who gives the rallying call at the end of the season for the big fight. (laughs) Let's fight! (laughs) And I want to be able to come up with, like, Dragon Prince characters this is oh, like the dragon what is prince. oh man i love rayla rayla so, is amazing oh, okay. i love rayla you can like pinpoint i can right. pinpoint For me, it's rayla like, all the way i'm not sure i can pinpoint favorite character Ooh, another one admittedly he's a side character who only shows up a couple of times the sea captain the sea what, captain what's is... his name i don't know his name i'm but blanking on his name he is lots of fun yes. he is awesome and i love him here is me vessel, the Ruthless, named after me dear wife Ruth, who sadly doesn't like sailing. <laughs> <sighs> I guess so I want, I do like Viren as a character. I just hope they don't. Just mess tell me up. he's dead, please. Yes, or or something. Don't bring him back. <laughs> something that is like he won't. He can't come they, back. They won't destroy the story arc that they have going no, no, with no, him. No, 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 He needs to be dead and stay dead and not come back. Period. Now we're spoiling things for people. <laughs> Mr. I was spoiling stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were spoiling books and we're here to promote books. If we spoil TV shows, that's different. <laughs> Anywho, one thing that you challenged me on was some of the characters from the Chronicles of Narnia. And one thing that I counter argued, and this is why I wouldn't label any of those characters as a favorite fantasy character, is because if I'm being honest, Lewis really didn't give the characters a whole lot to work with. The characters were more there as a as a part of the story. You almost guess, never saw yeah. anything with the characters outside of moving the story forward. People would say that or have said that um, our rule is from till we have faces is lewis's by far most fleshed out character which i can believe and that's the thing because okay one thing that i've heard a lot of people say is that his best characters from the chronicles of narnia are one of either lucy or edmund and they tend to really emphasize edmund i tend to hear a lot of emphasis on lucy well whatever it's one of those two usually which I guess is the reason why they're in more than a few of those books. But the thing is, is that if you actually just read the books, don't take in the movies into account, they, the characters really don't do a whole lot outside of what's necessary to move the story forward. Whereas, like, if you look at the Disney, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, they actually gave a lot more fleshing out to all four of the siblings, really, with well, maybe with the exception of Susan. Susan doesn't get a whole lot, period. Well, no, she gets a little bit. She gets more than she. They all get more fleshing out in the movie, I'd argue, than Lewis gave in the actual The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe book. Hmm. 
The Disney movie is what we're talking yes. about, by the way. Yeah, I said that. Oh, okay. And that's where just looking at leaving the books in of themselves, quite honestly, his best fleshed out character, and I wouldn't call us my favorite character in the Chronicles of Narnia, would be Eustace. Eustace is by far his most fleshed out character. And I guess that can be a sort of final question to you. To me or to the audience? Uh, either or. Does a character need to be fleshed out in order to be a favorite character? Or is it okay if, for the most part, like with Lewis's writings, the character is actually a bit of a blank slate outside of how it relates to the plot of the story and the rest is left for the audience to fill out themselves? I guess that would partially depend on the person because I was actually starting to think of The Legend of Zelda series from <laughs> nintendo the video games and yeah i was going to say link as a favorite character but arguably they do leave aside from well, i think like skyward sword he feels like more of a fleshed out character but that's it in the video game because he's the point of view character yeah. who never talks mm-hmm He's a silent character. You know, about the most talking he ever does is when you have the option of selecting yes or no to something or whatever. But I like in Skyward Sword, you can also, they'll give you options for what to say sometimes. And sometimes it's really snarky <laughs> callbacks. Yeah, but it's not something that affects us. But the counterpoint is that that doesn't affect the story in any way. No, but it affects the dialogue and his personality. <laughs> it makes for a fun personality. <laughs> Yeah, no, but anyway. I would argue that but if you that... used him, that version, you know, the video game versions of Link as a favorite character, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that'd be a case that'd of a, a case non-fleshed of... out yeah. character. Whereas you, if you were to read the manga, like... Oh, I was thinking of like the stuff from Major Link or on YouTube. Some of the fan stuff, then yeah. yeah, they go either read between the lines or whatever and try to flesh things out on their own. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say whether or not Nintendo would actually agree with that. But it is a way to for them to portray what makes the character a favorite for them based on their own reading into things that maybe aren't automatically. Uh, I want to say artificial. Yeah, I want to say that when people ask you to name your favorite Bible character, it's something like that. Or in a lot of cases, we're just given hints about who these people were and stuff. That is true. So when you're naming your favorite Bible character, you're actually naming your your impression of that person and what you imagine of that person based on the little bit that we have of them. And for the most part, we tend to say our, unless we get the generic answer of, I like them all or whatever, which I, no, you don't, you're lying. <laughs> Honestly, if I had to pick my favorite Bible character who is not Jesus, God, or Something like that. Or the Holy Spirit. That could be a character. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I have to say the front runner right now is Job. Okay, that's actually been my answer in the past is Job. That, that's He's my like front the... runner yeah. with a surprisingly strong, I'm not sure if he's the runner up, but he's actually getting up there. Jonah. Mm. Starting to climb the ranks. But yeah, and again, this whole favorite fantasy you know, favorite character, fantasy or otherwise, it ultimately comes down to, well, one, our cultural leanings and stuff like that. So one thing that we mm-hmm. might find really admirable in this culture, it's important to remember 
someone from another culture could look at it and go, wow, that is totally appalling. <laughs> you see a character, yeah, a very different way. Uh, is this one of those questions? I think it's one of those questions where it tells you more about who you are than the stories and a kind who of, you pick as that, a favorite. That'd be yeah. a fair, that, I think that'd be a fair statement or who you want to be. Yeah. I know, because that's one thing like in, um, I've liked some iterations of Supergirl, not the TV show Supergirl. Okay, that version of Supergirl sucked. Okay, that version was horrible. I will never recommend that version to anyone. That's the CW. Yes, that one was horrible. Okay, it was disgusting. (laughs) We don't mention that one. And the things I liked about different iterations is one, she's trying to deal with being a legacy character for all intents and purposes to her more famous cousin superman which then leads her to trying and doing more outrageous or maybe technically out of character for her just because she feels like i need to do something to differentiate from this guy like um (laughs) uh the current uh dc superhero girl show you know how she's portrayed as more of a edgy punk type character i don't see that i tend to see through that to someone who does care who wants to protect her friends and her family but she feels like she can't show that because that would be too much like her cousin that makes me think of though uh okay who was it who did the one run with of wolverine the all-new wolverine with laura Oh, oh 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 him 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 Oh, jeez. I know that writer. Oh, come on. I know him. How do I not know him? He did that one annual issue of Batman during Tom King's run that we really liked. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. I know this guy. Um, But anyway, and Laura being, she is not the Wolverine, or she's not. Even though she's a clone of the classic Wolverine, Logan, she's not a clone in every which way. Mm-hmm. She's a bit of a different personality and thoughts on life and stuff, but at the same time, she wants to. She's inheriting Logan's mantle. She sees him as a father figure. Even though, frankly, he was a horrible father figure. (laughs) He tried at points, which was one of my favorite Mm -hmm. points of the Logan character. But yeah, having her try to decide, okay, how much is she going to be like the classic Wolverine? And how much does she just need to uh, be the Wolverine that she is? Yeah. All in all, that was a good story arc. Except for the last volume. Ooh, that last one was not good. I was not a fan of that. Went overboard on the strong female part. Mm. I mean, and that was fun discussion. Yeah, I don't know if we actually solved anything. We are not solving anything in these discussions. We were just saying who our favorite fantasy characters are. And we kind of did that. <laughs> in the loosest possible sense. So you can check us out at www.book-bat.com. Or follow Book-Bat on Facebook. Yes. Be sure to download this podcast, share it, like, leave a comment, things like that. I don't know. Do Should I stop saying that? Should I stop trying to promote this thing and just go, you know what? Thanks for listening, folks. Peace out. No, I think it's fine. Okay. Let us know. Heck, that'd be some comments. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.